Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? <laughs> Welcome to the uh, show. I've got uh, the sun is shining on my face and it's kind of weird. Uh, we're here with another show, Flavor Odyssey. This is really freaking me out. Um, off the rails in the first already five seconds. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the show coming to you live from Lot B, as you can tell, this is very live, live from Lot B and Lot B minus out here in sunny, uh, far less smoky, although we're smoking today in California. Uh, I'm your host, Robbie Raz. There's our co-host, Randy Griggs. I did that out of order, uh, but that's okay. What the sun is like, seriously, like right on my mouth, like it's freaking me out. (laughs) It doesn't take much to throw me off the rails. Randy, how are you today? I'm doing like great. Jordan, can you just take him off the screen? We can just move yeah, on. Yeah, let's just, let's just continue <laughs> cut, cut, on. Cut his mic. Yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to a Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Randy Griggs. Really excited to be here with you today. And uh, I'm feeling fantastic. Super excited to continue on in the... Why is he still on the screen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, Bono rapper. Um, and yeah, super pumped and excited. I apologize. I'm I'm uh, distracted by <laughs> it. Was not this bad pre-show. Like it was fine, and now there's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> if, if you're not watching on on uh, if you're listening on podcast, I apologize. Go and watch the video. There's this big streak of sunshine right across my face. Maybe if I lean forward, no. And, and if you are listening on a podcast, please take the time to review and subscribe yeah, to Flavor don't, Odyssey. Don't review based on this episode. Go back and listen to another one and then review. Uh, and listen to last week's episode. If, if, yeah, if you're watching on uh, Facebook Live, we'd really appreciate it if you shared the show on your timeline. Maybe some of your friends would love to check out the material as we go through and get into a little bit of a Habano wrapper as we smoke the Drew Estate Herrera Esteli. Rob, are you ready to do this show or not? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not. Like, I, I, I've. It's it's been a weird day and and this is just getting even worse and now it's going to be in my eye here in a second. This uh, it's it's making uh, it's a it's a good distraction. But we've got Herrera Esteli Habano, very good cigar. Randy, this is the first time we've smoked the cigar on the show. We've featured the Herrera Esteli. Uh, what's the the one we did the Brazilian Brazilian yeah, uh, last season? That's a really really good cigar. The Habano's very good cigar as well. We've got special cocktails um, that we'll get into here in a second. <laughs> this is unreal. Uh, but I'm going to throw it to our boys at the home studio in Colorado. Fellas, 
How's everything going? It's going good, man. We are, uh, uh, me and Jordan both, I've been aging this bad boy, <laughs> waiting for just the right moment to smoke this cigar. I got the- Well, you're uh, smoking the Lancero. The Lancero. 2014. Oh, man, let me tell you. This cigar right now doesn't even need a pairing. It's just insanely good. I'm I'm not kidding you. This is lights out amazing. I oh. Matt bought this at a local tobacconist today. This cigar's from 2014. Just aging the whole time. Just, just sitting hanging there, out. hanging out. That's amazing. How that is. How many? T- they they re-released the uh, the. The Lancero, correct? Isn't that like a yearly limited edition type of thing? They released it like once or twice, like 2018 and, and this year, maybe, I think. And 2014. And of course, 2014. That was the, that's the OG, and which this one is. This is an OG. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah that cigar is fantastic in that, oh, uh, so in that Vitola. Randy, we're smoking a Lonsdale, not mm-hmm. too far really from a Lancero, a little bit more of a ring gauge, a little uh, shorter in length. This is only going to last for maybe a couple more minutes, but I'm going to be blinded here in a second. So, Randy, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the cigar, then we'll get into uh, the cocktail. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. I don't know what's going on with the show today. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so this is actually a um, uh, uh, great story to the cigar Herrera Esteli. Uh, Willie Herrera was the, is the master blender for... Drew Estate, and as this story goes, as with uh, most Drew Estate cigars, it's always a great, wonderful, rich story. Uh, as the story goes, uh, Willie Herrera, who came up as a uh, blender and roller uh, in Miami for uh, El Titan de Bronze, had come down uh, for a job interview to Nicaragua, and they opened up the stores of tobacco, and uh, th- this was part of his uh application process to apply to come and join the team down at Drew Estate. And they loved his um, his blend so much from that original um, uh, effort that this ended up becoming his first um, major release under, you know, once he took over for the previous blender and uh, I, I think immediately uh, made it to the top 25 on CA's top 25 list and is a Ecuadorian Habano-wrapped cigar, which obviously stays right in line as we are in week two of the Habano wrapper uh, section of this show. And I feel like you're waving at me, which is... (laughs) Can you see my hand? I'm sorry, on my screen you can't. I'm just trying to... No, no, yeah, only on on the side screen. You're good, you're good. It's going to be like 30 seconds, and then it's going to be gone. Yeah, so so this, this is a fantastic one. This is actually one of the uh, first Drew Estate cigars that, that I had <laughs> that I that I had uh, tried, and I really really like this Lonsdale uh, Vitola. I've had this in the Toro and in the Robusto. This Lonsdale is uh, lights out. Have Randy? Have we talked about the Lonsdale? Um... Vitola before I think we have. I mean, we in both, se- it's season one, yeah. Yeah, we both really kind of gravitate towards this uh, this particular size, um, <clears throat> and of course, it's going to change with every blend. But I feel like most of the cigars that are available in this size, I, I tend to seek it out, and that's usually the first experience that I have uh, with Herrera Esteli. This, I think, this was the first size that I smoked, or at least the first size I can remember. Uh, and then getting into that uh, 
that um, <clears throat> Lancero that the boys are smoking back home. That is uh, that that one's legit too. Great cigar, Randy. Thank you for the background on that. Have you ever been asked to blend a cigar in an interview? In an interview, no. Have you ever been a- Have you ever been asked to blend a cigar like as well, well, some sort well, of? Well, yeah. Like, when you, when well, you go on uh, and and. Uh, a shout out to uh, when when the world is normal again and cigar trips reconvene. Uh, it is a great experience. I'm sure you can go to any number of uh, of cigar manufacturers trips down in Central America or in Dominican Republic. You actually get an opportunity. They'll often do an educational portion where you learn a little bit about the uh, the tobaccos that you have to work with, and then you get to pick your blend. Um, and then at least on the trip that I went to in, in, uh, in Honduras, I got to blend my own cigar and then I additionally got to wrap my own cigar, which I did an exceptional job. You did. You did did a terrible. Uh, (laughs) It's like, like, I'm pretty sure that they play that video back for, for guests that came after me as an example of how to perfectly roll a cigar. And, (laughs) and and you actually had my blend. I kind of crushed it on that too. I don't, I don't know. Flavor is kind of my thing, so I think it was just like a natural fit for me. So, what, what are you even talking about now? I smoked your blend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, Friendsgiving. Remember when you were supposed to send that uh, box that took you nine months to ship? Never smoke another <laughs> man's blend, bro. <laughs> Never. Rob, guys oh. were making fun of you in the comments that you of your knowledge of the sun and how fast it would travel. But sure enough, <laughs> look at we've been watching, and the sun is now above your eyes in like it's, it's been like a minute. It, it was based on the fact that well, see now it's still back. But it's based on the fact that before we started the show, it was coming across my uh-huh. chest, and things moving. I extrapolated. It from goes there. faster in California. I do it like does. to extrapolate whenever know. possible. Um, speaking of extrapolating, Randy, thank you for that uh, brief and succinct description. Of your, your rolling efforts, you did not roll. You did not put a wrapper on the cigar. Well, you didn't. You may think that you did. I have the cigar. It looks. I was dope. I did an absolutely <laughs> terrible job. Yeah, it probably terrible. does look like dope. It looks like a big <laughs> doobie. Hey, hey, oh. Um, so yeah, so we've uh, and I, I highly recommend really the cigar safari trip. And if you're watching the show for the first time, I apologize. I was just completely thrown off by the fact that the sun was in my face. We will be much more professional moving forward. Um, highly recommend the cigar safari trip. I, uh, actually on my second trip, my first trip was before Willie had joined, uh, Drew estate. My second trip, he, uh, he was very helpful actually in my, uh, in my blending process. Uh, and that cigar I think turned out pretty good. Um, Randy, you've smoked it. You've smoked, you've smoked several of my blends. The one that was good and the others that weren't. That's correct. That's per. That's, that's a perfect description of, of how that went. Absolutely. Uh, I guess what uh, that Willie was heavily involved in. Yeah, right. I will say um, additionally one last thing about uh, the Herrera Esteli blend specifically um, is I re- I'm really excited about what they've done. It stood by itself. This Habano stood by itself. I'm not sure exactly how many years. I didn't think to look that up before the show. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was like about three years that it was the only, uh, no, no, the Norteño came the following year. So they did Herrera Sili Norteño, but it had a very different branding. So I don't necessarily think of it in the same line. Sure. But in, in, in the last couple of years, they've actually started to release, they came out with the Brazilian, they came out with the Miami, which is kind of an ode back to Willie's start, and that's rolled at El Titan de Bronze. That is another one in the Lonsdale that is absolute fire. Um 
and and I really like the sweet and spicy character on that uh, on that Brazilian. But this is an exceptional uh, example of Havana. I think um, we're we're in good shape with this for uh, for being representative for the show today. Guys, yeah, it's almost I, like we, I gotta tell like you, fixed it on purpose. Oh, sorry, Rob, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I gotta tell you, like you're fine. when I go on safari, I have to tell you guys. This is the cigar that I always, you know, they put like a, a, a smattering of boxes out for the, the, the safari people and you get to just kind of pick whatever you want. I tend to just keep grabbing the Herrera Esteli over and over and over. Like I really gravitate towards this flavor profile. Like to me in Drew Estates, like premium lines, like the this cigar to me is like my favorite. I think it's my favorite. I mean, the T-52 is super close, but I just love this one. And I remember, Jordan, on one of the last safaris we went on, they were like, oh, there's a brand new box of uh, Herrera SD Lonsdale's up there. He goes, go, go grab one. I went up there, and, and somebody had, like, literally snagged the entire box and shoved it in their it pockets. But, I mean, this, this, a real problem. It, this is the cigar, is I think, in their premium line, to me, that just, they just hit it out of the ballpark with this cigar, man. It's amazing. No. No, I would uh, I would completely agree. I'm getting a nuttiness mm. uh, from the flavor profile that I, oh, I totally that I don't usually get as it's a strong it's a much stronger now I think and I think this uh, pairing that we're having might be pulling that out. Um, the pairing we're having tonight we're going with a cocktail and this was brought to us by Frankie Dranks, who is the host, correct, of the uh, Sticks and Sips. Drew Estate Pairing Show, which I believe airs just before ours every Wednesday. That's correct, Uh, on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Perfect. And uh, we reached out to them and said, hey, we're smoking one of your cigars. Why don't you guys give us uh, a pairing that that you think will go well with it? And so Frankie comes back with this particular uh, cocktail. They call it El Brujito, which is – Brujito is kind of like a – I don't know, Randy, you know better what means I do. But it's more of like a, it's almost like a little mascot when you're around, or at least it was back when I was when I was there. It's kind of a little mascot that's around the place. You see him kind of carved into rocks and painted in different places. Um, and I think he's, it's the same image that's on the... Uh, El, the Nica Rustica. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, so El Brujito, that's the name of the cocktail. They said two ounces uh, Florida Cana 7 rum. Any aged rum really will work. I'm using Florida Cana 12. Randy, I think you're using Diplomatico. Indeed. Uh, one ounce of fresh lime juice. Squeeze mm. the limes. Come on. Don't be lazy. And uh, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. Talked about simple syrup before. Again, make your own. Don't be lazy. It tastes so much better when you make your own. It's, it uh, takes one to one. a minute and a half. Well, it takes, like, you have to let it simmer for five minutes. So it takes do you, that, Do you really... Yeah. Dissolve, dissolve the sugar. Uh, here, here's the way I do it, you guys. Here's the way I do it. You put in your sugar. You put in your water, right? And, it's, and when, you, when it comes to a boil, as soon as the, it turns clear, you just take it off the heat. That's it. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, yeah and it basically simmers for a few minutes. I, I simmer mine for five minutes, so it's a little bit, maybe mine's a little bit more condensed than yours. What do you mean you uh, simmer it for five minutes? Like you leave it on the heat for five minutes? Yeah. Hmm. I, I always thought that that was... No, I, 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 I don't know. It, it becomes, it becomes, it, you're boiling it down a little bit more, so the sweetness is going to be a little bit intense. You're not overheating it by any means. Okay. Like you bring it to a boil, you turn it down to low or whatever, and then you simmer But if you minutes. were following the same recipe as, say, Sensei here was, yours would be a little sweeter because if you're both using one shot, you'd be 
putting more sugar into that shot. Mine would be sweeter, yes. Well, well, so that's what I was going to say is to, to that Mine logic. Mine would be an actual the, the, syrup. Yeah, to that logic, though, why wouldn't you just put, uh, you know, uh, three quarters of a part water to one part sugar? I mean, dissolved is dissolved. If you wanted it to evaporate water off, just add less water. Hey, he likes, anyway. he likes it that way. <laughs> this, is, this is why I always, a lot of, a lot of uh, if you look up recipes online, a lot of them will recommend doing the two to, uh, two to one sugar to water ratio, which I never do. Because almost every recipe you look up will just say, use simple syrup, and that is a one-to-one ratio. They don't ever say, like, use a two-to-one ratio. So then right. you're going to have to do all these kind of calculations to get your sugar right. Yeah. Do a well, one-to-one. It's, it's, it's one-to-one ratio, and you reduce it down for five minutes. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fine. Uh, if like if I can get, give another tip, um, since, since we're going over uh, how, how to get your ingredients. And I found out in Las Vegas at Kevin's wedding that he didn't know this. That when you select your limes, you mm. always want the shiny, stretched-looking uh, cascara. The, what, what do you call the outside of the um, skin? The peel. Thank you, thank you. In Spanish, it's cascara. Uh, you, you want the peel to be shiny and and like stretched tight. Those are your juiciest limes. I didn't if know you, that, Randy. Yeah, a lot of people don't. If if it looks like there's like a thick peel and it's still porous, that's going to be a very mm. dry lime. It didn't. It didn't extract enough uh, water for uh, you know d- during its growth. So as it fills with water, it stretches out that that peel, so you can visually identify the juiciest. Bada bing, lines. bada boom. Okay, I learned something tonight, and you know what? I always wondered. Like I'm, I'm always just like r- grabbing each lime. You know, this is pre-COVID. I'm grabbing every single line <laughs> in the grocery store I sniff and squeezing I it. I'm giving it a good Joe Biden. You know, really you know like that. So I think that I think that I just learned something tonight. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. A, yeah, I was really, honestly like I, we do we do a lot of limes in in our food at home, and uh, when I, when I learned that, uh, it, it never fails. It'll never fail. Robbie, this drink has to be like go by another name also, right? Like this can't just be made up. It's just lime, rum, and uh, sugar. I, I'm sure that it does. It's very similar uh, to a recipe that uh, we were going to use later. In the season, and we still might, um, that I use for a uh, classic cocktail called the Dark and Stormy. Uh, the main difference there is, the only difference actually, is you add uh, ginger beer on top yeah, and you pour it over ice. And was Very, it ginger beer or ginger ale? Because you went back and forth on that. Ginger beer. It is ginger beer. Okay. Correct. Uh, yeah, I, I like, uh, with that one, I like a Reed's uh, Jamaican style, I think is what it is. It's a little spicier. Um, it's not quite as sweet. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I've had bad experiences with ginger ale and uh, cigars, so maybe we won't uh, maybe we won't do that pairing. <laughs> but uh, this uh, this pairing is very good. I actually went so they call for the cocktail up in a coupe glass, which would look very similar to this. And I uh, tweaked it a bit. I put one over ice and I added a li- topped it with topo, as I like to say. Um, I just like to have my drinks over ice, especially if I know we're going to be talking. I'm going to go back and forth to it. Um, so I made both just to see, uh, how the difference is. Really the only difference is the one over ice with the topo is going to be a little watered down, but it's going to be colder. Other than that, it's basically the same thing. So that's the pairing tonight. We're excited, uh, to jump into this. Look at Robbie's c- glass too. That's dude. You got the right glass. It looks Stone. cool. Wait, this no, one? Show that's, the other one. No? Show the other one. Show the other one. No, that one's pretty cool too. I think that's cool too. But look at this. this, this is the, that's the proper. This glass. is what you like seeing. Right. Like if you ordered this in Vegas or something, that's how it would come. Beauty, right? 
you. Nice coupe glass. Do you know uh, how, how coupe glasses, they are, init- they are actually for champagne, and do you know where the size comes from? Hmm. No. And the uh, shape of these. A coupe de ville. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> uh, it's French. Randy? They, they were shaped after Marie Antoinette's breast. Wow. No way. Get out of here. I, Look it up. I believe it now, looking at Teeny. that. Look it up. <laughs> Teeny. Teeny little things. But, well, it definitely does have more of a rounded shape than a martini glass, right, no doubt. Right, right. Look at that. Wow. Food for thought. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Let them eat cake and drink from my breast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, we are very excited to, uh, to have uh, Frankie... Uh, choose our cocktail. Frankie, by the way, is a um, was a member of the John Drew Spirits Company, and was and used to do uh, events for John Drew Spirits. And when uh, he dissolved that company, they thought he was uh, so dynamic that they thought uh, it would be beneficial to have a spirits guy on the team. So I think he's like a full time uh, Drew Estate. Uh, ambassador doing uh, different uh, events and and pairing events, uh, so he does a lot of pairing uh, stuff. So uh, uh, I've actually been on that show, and we, we went through and uh, did some some drinking. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> did you? Did you now? Did you, on, on the pairing show, you did some drinking. Yeah. Um, no, I've I've checked in on that show a few times. Very very good. I know uh, the boss. Yes. Uh, uh, he tends to be on that show. That's like the third time I've said that. I've definitely paid off my bet now. Uh, <clears throat> he's uh, occasionally on that show. I don't think he's on it every week, but um, he is. Uh, he's on there, the boss being Jack Hire. Uh, yeah, he, he's a producer. You're right. I think he's made some cameos and done, done some uh, some moderating, but he's the producer of the show. I, most I believe he, uh, he also heads their research department. <laughs> <laughs> a joke that I'm never going to let go, really, frankly. Um, but anyway, let's let's get into uh, we can talk about this pairing a little bit, a little uh, pre uh, discussion on the pairing. I'm the only one that made this two ways. Randy, you made it the way that it was directed, right? Well, we kind of had to improvise. Yeah, we did. We, we, we made ours a, a tad different, just not on purpose, but we ran out of lime and that's my fault. So we added, uh, when we made the second batch, we added lemon instead of lime and then just mixed the two batches together. So ours is like. Ours is like half, a seven up. Yeah, it's like a seven like up. A it's seven like half up. lime, half lemon. But I got to tell you guys, I'm doing sort of like a, 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 a s- experiment. I have my old Forester rye in one hand and I have <laughs> my you. drink in the other. Drink. And I got to tell you that this cigar goes much better. With the bur- the rye. No, it goes better with this drink. It goes better thought. with <clears throat> this drink because I'll tell you why. This cigar is a, a little bit more of a subtle flavor, and the bourbon runs it over entirely. Oh. The rye just runs it over entirely, and you can't even taste the cigar after you have the rye. This drink, this El Brujito that El Brujito. Uh, they came up with for this, actually, to me, is a much better pairing. Now, Jordan, I don't know if you feel that way. I know we're not to the judging part yet, but what are your initial thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cocktail is very tart, much too tart for the cigar. It's like a, uh, it's like a margarita with rum. And, and no ice. Right. Well, I, I put ice. Well, you have ice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, uh, you know, it's funny when Eric, when you were saying that you were uh, you were sipping that Old Forester rye, which I have uh, at uh, not at your request, but uh, because you guys speak so highly of it, and it's such an accessible bottle at such an accessible price, like twenty two bucks or something. It's great. Uh, <clears throat> I picked up a bottle. Uh, I actually prefer the Templeton rye mm. to mm -hmm. uh, to the Old Forester, about the same price point. Templeton might be a little more expensive. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I could see that running over the cigar. You don't think of, when you think of Drew Estate, you think of uh, Liga Pravada, big strong cigars, the uh, Unico series and all that. You don't necessarily think of medium strength kind of, Right. don't take this the wrong way, but more like elegant style blends that are um, with flavors that you're more, you're more focusing on as opposed to stuff that kind of, is more full, full flavor. Subtle. In, in your face. Yeah, subtle. Thank you. That's a much better word. And this particular blend for me, and Eric, like you said, this is probably one of my favorite cigars in their portfolio because it really does sit right in the middle of my wheelhouse. There's there's nutty notes. There's a little bit of a, kind of a nougaty sweetness in there. Mm -hmm. You get some earthy notes. There's some like white pepper on the retro hail. Um, there's almost Dang, like Robbie, a, it's almost like you should write reviews for somebody. I, you'd think that maybe I will someday. <laughs> There's uh, I had a good three week stretch there. You're you're beating and you're beating Randy. That's all that counts. <laughs> he is not. I had a good. Don't, three don't go that far. No, and but Ro no, Robbie, you, you explained the cigar a second ago, brilliantly. Like I think everything that just you just kind of like let that roll off the top of your tongue, but it was exactly spot on. Like the only thing I would add is just a little salty peanut kind of flavor, but yeah, like what definitely. you just said was perfect. Like that is exactly what this cigar is all about. And that's and that's right. Thank you. And that's right in the middle of my wheelhouse. It's a nice, a lot of flavor. It's not over the top in strength. Um, <clears throat> you can, with a cigar like this, it's kind of versatile, right? I think of it as like uh, the utility player on your your baseball team. You can play center field. You can catch. You can play first. You can play third. This is the type of cigar I can have first first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee, or I can have it after I have a steak dinner, and I'll totally. still enjoy it. Totally. Uh, but I could see a bourbon. Or a rye running it over a bit. With, with, yeah, with this particular cocktail. Now, I've got two different styles going here. One, to me, is uh, significantly better uh, as far as the pairing goes. But I, to me, it's more of like a palate cleanser. I, yeah. I kind of get a palate cleanser, and then I come back, and, I, and it's like I have a fresh palate every time I taste a cigar, which is not a bad thing. Um, I don't think there's any elevating of uh, different things going on, but that may change as we get into the middle of the cigar. But, uh, Randy, how is, how's your cocktail? Tell me a little bit about the flavors you're getting from your drink because you're using a much more, uh, a, a much sweeter mm -hmm. rum than, uh, than I am. What rum are you guys using out in Colorado? Did you say? Havana Club. Havana Club. So, you're, Randy, you are far and away using the sweetest rum. So, I'm curious oh. how, uh, how your experience is. Well, yeah, no, the, the um, I will say, I, I agree with Eric. You're, uh, you know, as you were describing it and rattling off the flavors you were getting, I was thinking uh, and dead on exactly what how I would have described it. Um, yeah, that peanut character is 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 very pleasantly very um, very much there. I, I I do feel there's a, a nice sweetness. The sweetness uh, um, on the cigar is a little more than the spiciness. I like the white pepper reference. And for me, you're right. The rum that I've got in the cocktail is quite sweet. I think that it is tempered quite well with the acidity. And I don't find this drink overly tart, as as Jordan kind of referenced it. And maybe it is because I've got that little bit sweeter base yeah. to kind of, kind of temper that and keep, keep that in line. Um, 
so before we get too much into sure. the uh, the pairing, though, if I may, Flavor Odyssey is brought to you tonight, as always, by our friends at Drew Estate. Our relationship with Drew Estate is special. Much like some of the special or limited editions, Drew Estate has to offer this fall. Have you tried the new Undercrown Sun-Grown Dojo Dogma? I can't hear your response because we are broadcasting this live and I'm reading this ad on a computer screen. But I hope you said yes. Drew Estate also has some amazing offerings that are now hitting the shelves like BOTL, Brown Label Series, the Undercrown Shady 20, and one of our personal favorites, the Undercrown Maduro Dojo Dogma. If you want to make your smoking session extra special, try limited edition Drew Estate. Drew Estate, Rob, the rebirth of cigars. Oh, Jack, we love you. Randy, I'm... did you ever just read that through before that? That was it? Works <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good. That was bad. Once you got going, you really got going. I, I as as I like got into it, I'm going. Oh, I really should have read this. <laughs> I think I think Tanner Cole just kind of nailed it with that. <laughs> no, that was that was good. Yeah, we can, uh, kept we can you know you work. kept my attention the whole way through. We can, we can work on the transition. We'll work on the transition. <laughs> uh, but no, very very good. And and uh, I mean, all joking aside, they uh, they really do have a, a cigar for pretty much every occasion. Um, what was the brown label part about that? I don't know. <clears throat> Drew State yeah, brown label? What's that? Uh, yeah, B-O-T-L. No, the, oh, it's the B-O-T-L. B-O-T-L brown okay. label. So that, that's that Lancero they came out with this year. I have some of the original B-O-T-L still. Can you believe that? That cigar is like 10 years old. You wow. son of a... You are so old. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Eric, hey, Eric, tell yes. us about the 70s. The 70s. Hey, you know what, Robbie? I can tell you a little bit about even the 60s. So shut up. Oh, crap. So yeah. shut up. <laughs> That's going to get worse. No, I, I, I liked your, uh, your Star Wars post the other day on Facebook. That was very cool. It was cool. today, yeah. Like somebody else had posted that. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I remember that day. Like I remember waiting in line to see the, the, on the very so- first day the original Star Wars, 1977. And <laughs> we waited and we waited and we waited until... 10 p.m. was the show we were going to get in, and, and we were like 12 people away, and the guy comes out, and he's like, oh, sorry, sold out. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, we've been waiting for like three hours. And he's like, but we're going to add a midnight showing. And we were like, we're in. And so then we, Boom. S- we stayed. So it's, it, technically, I saw it on the second day, you know, because it was past midnight. Because of how the sun works. But, yeah. but you got a midnight showing. That's In 77, that's cool. Like they did, They're was... not showing movies at midnight. For kids, anyway. And, dude, I got to tell you, I, I'm no big Star Wars fan. I'm no Juan Cancel or anything like that. But uh, that, at the time, in 1977, when I saw that movie, I was, like, blown away. Like, I thought, like, what kind of you know, wizardry am I watching? Like, the special <laughs> effects and stuff were so good for that time. Like, I, I, I loved it. Like, I, I, was, I'm the, I was the perfect age, right? I was, like, 12 years old. So, like, I loved every second of that. And I, like, every day I wanted to see it again. And, oh, what a great time. I wish we still had something. That, like that. happened all over again when you saw Jar Jar Binks for the first time. <laughs> oh, jeez. So that, they're still no, doing you, it. You, you know what the thing about, about like, like, and I know they were revered at the time for um, the special effects being ahead of its time, but those special effects held up 
remarkably they, yeah. well over the next 30 years. Like you're right. Yeah. Yes. CGI came out newer stuff, but you can go back and watch it and it's not uh, super campy, super just like, okay, this is like, okay, there's the string holding the death star. You know? it's, like, it's like, they held up very, very well. Oh, it does hold up very well. And I, there's something about me and me. I don't know. I'd love, I'd love to get Robbie's opinion on this. But there's something that I like with just like traditional like special effects. I sort of like when they, even modern day movies, when they go to the trouble of not doing it like CGI. Like I like that. I think it's more, it's harder to do and it's more interesting in my opinion. Like they were actually, when they were in, and we're way off topic, but when they're on Tatooine, they're actually in the desert. Right. They're in a, they're in a real desert. It's not a green screen. It's an actual desert. Um, and that's, that's what I love about eighties horror because yes. like the, they're just, and I know Randy rolls his eyes, but just the, the idea behind a lot of the special effects, whether you like them or not, but they're, I mean, these guys are, are tasked with, okay, we have to kill this person in this particular way. How do we do it? And they just made it up. There wasn't, there wasn't YouTube. They didn't get somebody else's, else's advice or anything. They just made it happen. All that's right. what I, that's I, what I like about. I want to ask both of you guys what if I'm not a huge Star Wars guy like I just mentioned, but if you had to say what was the best Star Wars film of all time, what would what would you go with? Robbie, Randy, what? I'll Return. let everybody else answer. Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Is that the first Jordan, one? What is that? I, I I I get that's confused. That's the third one. Okay, that's the third. That's 1983. That's the one with the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. You like the one with the Ewoks? Yes. Oh, oh God, goodness. the Ewoks are horrible. <laughs> Randy, no. All right, what about you, Robbie? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. The second the one. Best. Yeah, second. the second one's the best. And I'd go with the first one. What about you, Jordan? Uh, I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we need to loosen those jeans, baby. They are too tight. Way too tight. Um, let's, let's get back to, uh, to oh. what we're here to talk about. Not that I couldn't talk about Star Wars for hours. I could. Um <clears throat> So we've talked about this cocktail a little bit. So I, I did I did a little bit of research while I was uh, while I was making this drink, and you always it's just a, a little tidbit. So you guys, you hear that the combination or not the combination, but the argument of shaken or stirred when mm. it comes to cocktails. And everybody says like when you have a cocktail with any sort of citrus in it, you have to shake it. It's not necessarily true, but you kind of have to. With when you're stirring a cocktail you're not really mixing the ingredients together. So for me, the way I do it is if I want a cocktail to be very alcohol forward, if I want to taste the, the booze very specifically, I'll stir it. If I want to have a, an, an expression where the flavors are kind of melded together a little bit more, um, I get a little bit more texture, <clears throat> then I'll shake it. Shaking the, the cocktail, basically you get, it emulsifies the cocktail. And do you know what the definition of emulsify is, Randy? Break down into tiny little um, bubbles. That's, that, that's the process, but the the actual definition of emulsify is to create an emulsion. <laughs> well, that's cheap. That's, that's, that's cheap. Uh, that's the actual uh, yeah, definition. Like, and, and, do you know what the definition of the sun rising is? Sunrise. No, I, 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 I was. It's when the sun rises. Yeah, I was, that's that's the joke. Uh, it's it's one of those like okay it's it, to make an emulsion. Well, what the hell is an emulsion? An emulsion is basically when like you were just saying, Randy, when you take two things that might not mix together and you're kind of forcing them right. to mix together, and it creates you get a lot of aeration. Aeration really does bind them together. You get a, a lot of small bubbles like you had mentioned, and that creates smoother mouthfeel. Just like if we were to 
nitrogenate brandy a beer, smaller bubbles and smoother mouthfeel. So that's just kind of the difference between a shaken and stirred, like shaken, not stirred, whatever. Uh, if you shake something, you're going to break up some of the ice and you're going to uh, kind of introduce that ice into it. So you're essentially watering the cocktail down. But when you stir the ice in there, you're getting the same effect. So I'm, I don't really think of a shaken versus stirred. One is stronger than the other. I just think of it as if you shake something, definitely do it when you have citrus. Otherwise, your citrus could probably sit on top, maybe sit on bottom, not really be mixed throughout the entire drink. Um, that's just a little tiny little tidbit as to why you'd want to go uh, through that process. Um, it's, it's it's super interesting that you bring that up, and I'm going to go a little bit off topic because that was a fun little uh, tidbit that you gave there. And acid is always going to be used in an emulsion as your catalyst, uh, such as making a hollandaise sauce or making mayonnaise. You're sure. always going to use uh, just a small amount of either lime juice or vinegar. Kind of break uh, things down to it a bit. Yeah, it, it starts the process. It's that it's that uh, inertia that uh, that the the chemical process or breakdown uh really needs to get the whole thing going yeah catalyst is the right word to use there um <clears throat> now i would say robbie like yeah. another difference in those two methods for me is like say for instance a mojito like i intentionally don't want it to be mixed too well together like i want it to change as it gets down towards the bottom whereas a drink like this it's just going to be the same all the way through. Now that doesn't make it better or worse. I'm just saying, like when you when you do shake it like that and you emulsify it, you're essentially going to get the same drink from start to finish, other than maybe some ice melting. But like sure. in other drinks, like even an old fashioned or whatever, it's nice to sort of have like these this transition of flavors. Like initially, maybe you taste the bourbon a lot, and then towards the end, you taste the sweetness and stuff. So that's sort of like another reason why you may or may not want to shake. You know. You know, um, you know, you mentioned that on another cocktail. Sorry, Rob, I just got to ask sure. a quick follow-up to, to that. So so you had mentioned layers and floaters um, it just kind of very briefly in passing uh, during another cocktail show, Eric. Does, does that mean that you are very specific in the order in which you pour a mojito or an old-fashioned? Yeah, I want the 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 sweetness of the simple syrup and the and the, that stuff that I've muddled to be towards the end because it's sort of like a fun little, you know, it's like when you're having an ice cream cone and you get that little bit of like chocolate fudge at the chocolate bottom, like at the bottom. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like that's sort of what I I like in a mojito, but it might be different for a different drink, Randy. I'm not saying it's no. the same each time, but um, yeah, like I do like a specific order. If if huh. to answer your question. That's interesting. Yeah, the main reason I brought it up is um, <clears throat> there's it's a conscious decision uh, whether you want to <laughs> flutter. I, I always think of uh, what is it the second Austin Powers when uh, fat oh, bastard, come on. fat bastard <laughs> left fat bastard left a floater. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how does <sighs> no there's just no coming back from that. <laughs> No Deci easy transition. <laughs> deciding whether or not you want to shake or stir a cocktail, there is actually a conscious decision there. Um, for whatever reason, when I make a Tom Collins, and I do love a good Tom Collins, I stir it. I don't know why. When I shake it, it doesn't taste right to me. So I always stir those, even though it's got lemon in it. Um, and it's just, you can try them both ways. Try them side by side and see uh, which one you like better. Randy, are you? Are you, <laughs> you all right there, man? You okay? I'm good. I'm good. There it is. Shake it up. 
So what you're doing now, you should shake it a bit more vigorously than that, but you're, uh, you're, you're emulsifying. You're introducing some oxygen in there. There you go. Get after it. Shake it like you mean it. This is, we take shake it like a salt shaker? Yes, indeed. Um, shake it like a Polaroid so it's, picture. It's, and, and Eric, like you said, uh, it, does, it's, it, it really does impact the way that you enjoy, enjoy the drink. Like I would never shake a, uh, an old-fashioned. I just would never do it. I'd shake right. a Manhattan, though. Hmm. You know, it's like, I, it's, I don't know. It, there's, maybe that all comes with experience. Maybe I'm just really picky. I don't know. I, but, I, I don't uh, want like, to like get us totally off topic, but would it be all right if we talked a little bit about tobacco and cigars today? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's well, that, about movies and cocktails and whether you shake or stir. <laughs> that's, that's a, cocktails are a pertinent part of this show, are they? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was mostly joking. No, we can. Yeah, let's get back into the cigar. I, um, I'm in the the midsection here. I'm uh, relighting because I was talking too much. But as we I'm have, glad you said it, so I didn't have to. As we've worked our way through, as we've worked our way through the cigar. Thank you, Randy. Uh, we have. <laughs> I'm. It's intensifying. This, this cigar. The transitions in this cigar. Another thing that I love about it are very intentional. At least that's that's the way I like to describe it. It's, it's there's that intro part. It's almost like a movie. There's that intro part where you're kind of getting to know the characters. You get to know the components, and then in the middle, everything kind of intensifies. You have that exciting incident. Something happens, and uh, the, you're getting a boost in strength. There's a boost in flavor. The uh, earthiness and that kind of um, the peanutty flavors that we talked about, the salted peanut, is, has uh, really kind of reaching a crescendo point for me. The, the sweetness is, is t- kind of taking a step back. Like maybe they're, the sweetness was stolen and they're trying to find it. Robbie, that Absolutely. cigar sounds like it wasn't shaken. It was not. It was not. Mm-hmm. And I, but when you, when there, that's an art, that's an art to when you roll these cigars. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I can't speak on it really intelligently, but the way these leaves are placed in the cigars is not by accident. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you've been larkin'. Um, uh, it's, it's not by accident. I mean, they're put in this, in this way for they're, they're bunched this way for a reason. Right. And it really does impact the way that you enjoy the cigar midsection of this, the middle, like two and a half, maybe three inches of the cigar are just sublime. No. Touche. <laughs> you wanted to talk about tobacco so bad. He has one word, touche. Touche. No, no, I, I, man, you're, you're, Killing it today, Rob. This is—it's uh, like you're uh, saying everything I'm thinking just before I get a chance to get on the mic. Um, the, uh, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that peanut character, and um, I was thinking peanut before you even said nutty in the beginning. So, so that it wasn't all just uh, uh, psychological from from uh, from you offering that up. But I, I totally agree. I, I think it has intensified. Um, I also don't find it extremely sweet. It's very complex. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think transitions in cigars. Anytime I always say this about beer is like there's a total difference between uh, something that you're tasting, whether it be on your fork, in your glass, in, in your cigar. If it, if you go to take another bite, sip, or or draw off it, and it draws your eyes back to it, to your, like whoa, that tastes different than it did before. What just like, happened? Yeah, it, it really gives you a much more, you know, full experience. I, you know, for me, I, I really enjoy that. Um, you know, talking about the shaking and stirred, I, I really like what Eric said about uh, 
you know, liking specific drinks in poured in order and just lightly stirred to, to where to where you can have those transitions and have it com- continue to be this little journey that you're excited to get to the end and see what what the next twist and turn uh, might be. Um, something I wanted to say about the tobacco, though, because I, I'm still doing research on Habano there. Uh, of all the tobaccos that I've gotten a chance to kind of nerd out on and do some research on, this seems to be one of the more nebulous. Um, you, you you find more information conflicting other articles that you read. Like like it seems to be very almost mysterious. And I think back to having Klaus on last week, where he he talked about how um, how the tobacco took two routes in in its uh, history. To have kind of different uh, variations or versions of it, um, what what I am sure is is that um, anytime you see, because sometimes you'll see Havana um, instead of Habano, and they are the same thing. It, it's always a reference to Cuban seed, and that's that's always what it is. It's a, it's a reference to the capital of, of Cuba, and um, just kind of giving nod that it's a Cuban seed tobacco. But it makes me wonder uh, how how you then differentiate Habano versus Cuban seed tobacco versus uh, Cuban Criollo. That, I, all- I tried to press Klaus about that last week, and I don't feel like we got the most clear answer. Yeah. That's why we need to bring him back for season three. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but that's the thing, is, is when you read about uh, Cuban Criollo, Habana, uh, Cuban seed... These are all terms that we regularly see as uh, as blenders or agriculturists will reference which varietal that they're using. But if you kind of get down to the root of it, they're all saying the same thing. It's a, it's almost like saying there's three or four different ways to reference what sound very much to be the exact same, uh, at least originating uh, root varietal. So. Um, I, I guarantee I will be doing my research over the next two weeks before we finish this up. Uh, by the time we finish Havano um, in, in season two here, I'm going to get some definitive answers on uh, how they make any claims that a Cuban seed tobacco versus a um, uh, Cuban criollo versus a Havano. How could you say that you differentiate any of them? Because they sound so much like you're actually referring to the exact same thing. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree. <clears throat> I think you've done a deeper level of, of research than I have, but um, through you know different interviews or different uh, different research things that I've read, I kind of come with the same answer. So I think we even had this discussion before uh, when we we almost left Habano off, like on our on our initial list, Randy. I don't know if you remember this. Habano wasn't on it, and. And I thought, God, how could we, when we had that, how, how are we skipping Habano? It might have been uh, Skinny Jeans who pointed it out that it wasn't on there, but um, somebody pointed it out to us. And we're like, oh, crap, how did we leave that off? But it's, it's nebul- <laughs> nebulous is such a good term for it because it's like with certain things, with certain tobaccos, we can point specifically to where, like Ecuadorian Sumatra. There's, there's, no, there's no question really behind that particular wrapper. We know where it originated. We know where it's grown. We know how it got there, uh, more or less. And we know why it tastes the way that it tastes, blah, blah, blah. But with Habano, it's, it does almost feel like it's a catch-all. Uh, I know it's not, but it almost feels like a catch-all kind of description for uh, maybe a tobacco that's a little bit more difficult to uh, differentiate from others. I don't know. 
if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm really not speaking from a place where I can talk about this super intelligently. I mean, somebody else can answer this question better than me. But that's the way I've always thought of it, too. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, it, it, I mean, generally all you're saying is it came from Cuba originally. And, and maybe that's really just to say that it's such an old race of, uh, of you know, species of plant that it was always just called tobacco um, to them. You know, you know, it was, you know, they didn't differentiate varieties in the in the olden days of, of Cuban agriculture. It was just tobacco was tobacco was tobacco. Sure. And, and it wasn't until, you know, they started doing some seed selection and and then some obviously some crossbreeding to try and work on on giving it uh, better yields and, and more resistant to diseases that you really started coming up with more specific, okay, this was a cross of X and Y, and and now we have like a consistent result. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I, I intend to uh, keep trying to to dig through, um, you know, and, and try and dismiss the marketing aspects of, of some of the uh, references that you find commonly, and find out what's really going on um, from from a like historic origin of the plant, because I, I find that really interesting that it can be that openly interpreted this would have been a good question for last week i um, tried right? you guys didn't back me up thanks a lot <laughs> rob, rob, rob was too busy pitching season three for 20 minutes of the well, show. I, I, I didn't want him to answer the question that could, that's two episodes right there I'm, i think longevity boys longevity uh randy a couple things for you one i know the answer to the question that evan posted was did you select your hat and your shirt to match on purpose the answer is yes how did you choose that shirt to go with the hat? Because I know you picked the hat first. Um, that would be a color combination. Do you know what the definition of color combination is? It's probably a no. better word for that. A, a the com combining, combining of color. color. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Ouch. Uh, uh, no, I, I, and when I said that, I wasn't making fun of you. It's just I just I, I hate definitions like that. What is emulsification? Well, that's when you emulsify something. Like, well, okay, that doesn't help me. No, exactly. uh, that's, yeah, thanks for talking. But, but, th but thanks for uh, showing some appreciation for my style, Evan. Shout mm. out. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what Evan's point was, but we'll, in, we'll, in my head, of course, it's we'll what give we'll yeah. give it the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Let's uh, all right. Well, let's get into our uh, thoughts on these pairings. I'm going to go first. Let you guys think about this. So I made. I made this cocktail two different ways. I made it the way that it was described, and I made it uh, with ice and topped it with maybe a half ounce of, uh, of sparkling water. As you can see, the one that did not have the sparkling or the ice, eh, it's still pretty full. This one that did is pretty much gone. For me, this cocktail, if <clears throat> without watering it down a little bit, it's a little over the top as far as the tartness is concerned. Now, Randy, you probably had a better experience because you went with a sweeter uh, a sweeter uh, rum. I think we would have been, I think we would have done really, really well to just pair with the Florida Kanye 12. Like if we would have just gone straight up Herrera Esteli and Florida Kanye 12, I think that pairing would have been nails because that Florida Kanye has got some sweetness to it. Obviously it's made from sugar cane, so it's going to have some sweetness, but uh, not, uh, it's not overly sweet. And there's some earthiness to it. Uh, it's aged in the barrels. So it's going to have a little bit of oakiness to it as well. That pairing to me would have been damn near perfect. And I'm sure I've had it four or five times beforehand. Uh, so maybe to me it felt like a little bit of a, like we are just kind of giving in. Maybe we'll, we'll revisit the straight rum pairing later in the season. But uh, I'm going to give, 
Like I kind of want to go thumb sideways on this one because one of them I think was, was okay. And, but the, if I, if I did it strictly with this recipe, which I think the cocktail itself is good on its own, I'd super enjoy it. But the pairing, it was just a little too tart for me. So I guess I'll go thumbs down. All right. Well then, um, I, I will go with actually, I, so yes, I, I think from everybody's description, the tartness wasn't as, um, as kind of overpowering as you guys have described it. I also topped my second uh, version with a little bit of topo. Uh, I think that has opened it up slightly, but I'll tell you, I actually think that the, um, the sour note from the lime juice actually has allowed that salty peanut to be a bigger, like more uh, profound uh, element, which I'm just enjoying so very much. And, and it's, you know, kind of, it gives a contrasting uh, uh, sensation on the palate. You go sour and then you come back with that saltiness. It, it really allows the saltiness to be so much more evident. So for me, this is absolutely a thumbs up. Look at those that's, graphics I, go. I, look at them go. I, I think that's, and that's actually like the first thing that I said, Randy, was that I'm tasting this, I'm tasting more peanut, like nutty combo or nutty, nutty flavor in the cigar than ever before. So maybe I think you're onto something there with that bringing out a specific uh, flavor component in the cigar. So um, I, I still think thumb sideways probably would have been my vote, but I know that really upsets you. So I, I just decided to, uh, <laughs> to, to pull my pants up and go uh, thumbs down. Well done. Um, always pull your pants up. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Recipe tweak, double the rum. Interesting. Mm. Four, four ounces of rum. I gotta to agree with that. Bill, Bill of, C's of probably ham. Bill CD's hammers. <laughs> He's getting after it. Yeah. I, but it, I would also say always, always double the rum. That seems like that seems like pretty good advice. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, boys? I know you had a, a, a slightly different Tanner Cole. There's a couple of thumbs down coming in, and it's it's not. Uh, I don't think it's the cocktail in general. I think it's just the, the pairing. Uh, and actually, I've added some topo to this uh, this one here, and it has kind of brightened it up a little bit. Um, and thinned it out a little bit. I think it was just a little too much um, for me. Like the cocktail really almost follows kind of that, that uh, <clears throat> what I like to call like a sweet spot of cocktails where it's the two, one and a half ratio, two ounces of your spirit, one ounce of your uh, citrus and a half ounce of simple syrup. They push the simple syrup a little bit higher. But uh, with those cocktails, that's like a, this would basically be a, a gin ricky if I put, um, um, if I topped it with enough Topo Chico, which is, I mean, that's basically what the cocktail is, put it over ice. So, and it's almost a mojito, like it's almost a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very interesting, uh, idea to take some of the other components away from it and just focus on, um, the concentrated flavors. Uh, so very good. It's just, to me, the, the pairing was a little bit off, but I'm curious, how's the, uh, the seven up version boys? I... <laughs> <laughs> I I actually am with Randy on this one. I uh, I like this pairing, and it sort of is similar to when you do the mojito. It's I don't care so much about the cocktail, in only other than the fact that it cleans my palate to enjoy this cigar, which I love so much. So the 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 rye that I'm having doesn't do that. It just kind of just runs right over the cigar. The drink that they came up with. Is, yeah, but you're only it's, saying it's better than the rye. That's not really the question. No, I, no, I know. I no, I'm not. I'm saying that it cleans my palate, and therefore I like this pairing because it cleans my palate. And so to me, this is a fun pairing, and I would do it again. I like it. What about you, Jordan? No, 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 no. 
nope, 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 nope. So that's a hard no, then. It's uh, it's too sweet and it's too tart. Um, like I like what Robbie said. If it was just the rum, or I might even go like a like a Di Sirono or something. Um, being an almond sort of based liqueur pairing with the almond butter kind of notes you're getting from the cigar. The cigar is absolutely fantastic. Uh, classic like toasted bread and uh, salted peanuts, like we've mentioned. Um, but it's just too, too, too. It's almost like a lemon drop. Mm. You or, said it, you, you it's said it tastes like a popsicle. popsicle yeah, right? it almost tastes like a popsicle, or like a, or in this case, like a lime drop. I guess you would say it's just it's too much of that. Yeah. Ultra sweet plus ultra tart. It's just yeah. that I can't see that pairing with any cigar, really. I'm, I'm curious, Eric, have you had those glasses ever since they handed them out at the midnight showing? I actually had it. I, I wanted to get into the glasses before I, Eric is wearing, uh, for those of you listening on podcast, Eric is wearing some old school um, uh, 3D glasses. And we'll talk about why he's wearing those in a second. Uh, Eric. Can you? I just, I think, sorry. I can, we were I'm looking right. at the screen, and it looks amazing right now. I just You're, dropped a whole and, bunch of images. Yeah. All right. Eric, I think you and I are the only ones that have probably worn those particular glasses in a movie theater. For reals, right? Yeah. Can, yeah. You, can you remember, like, what are some of the things that you've watched with those specific glasses on? I have one story that I've told a couple of times, but I'll tell it again. I can't but, remember a specific show. I just remember thinking, like, wow, how... You know what sort of magic is this that it looks in 3D? So I know. Jaws, Jaws 3D was the first movie oh. that I saw in. And that must have been like 1984. Uh, I saw in the theater with 3D glasses on, and on, I was I was scared when I went in because it was just like I was probably too young to be watching it. Um, I think it might have been PG-13, so it wasn't too super scary. But uh, I remember at the beginning there was like a, a fish. They're in like an aquarium or something, and the fish like swims straight into your face. And I, I remember <laughs> I was doing like this because you're right. It's like what is this sorcery? I'd never seen anything like it. But the first the first actual time I remember using them when I was a kid on Coffee TV 20 here in the Bay Area, they would show like once a year they would show Creature from the Black Lagoon. And you'd have to go to 7-Eleven and buy like a, a Slurpee or something to get your pair of 3D glasses. And I just I remember my entire family, except for my sister in the middle. She was always she, she was the middle child. She couldn't you know partake in any family stuff. Uh, but we all we all sat there and we we went and got our glasses and we watched uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Still my favorite monster of all time. Um, and Pete never made one, which is kind of a bummer. But. Um, Anyway, uh, that's the one thing. I remember that the first time ever using 3D glasses. But in the theater, I watched uh, Jaws 3D. That's the one I remember. I, I, I remember. like it I like it now when you see a movie that you didn't, you didn't realize initially was made in 3D, like way back in the day, and you're watching it on TV on Netflix or something. And like, there's, for some reason, there's a guy who's just like, <laughs> just like poking like Is a... Is this supposed to do something for me? Towards your face <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'll bet you, I'll bet you this movie was supposed to be in 3D back in the day. <laughs> you you want to see some lame stuff, watch uh, Friday the 13th Part 3. Not one of the best. That's when Jason gets his mask, so it's kind of iconic. But there are so many silly things. Like, there's a camera shot looking up at a guy who's using a yo-yo. So the yo-yo comes down <laughs> into your face. Like, why would you ever shoot that unless you wanted the 3D effect of it? So there's there's a handful of those things. The movie's kind of terrible, but I think they uh, handed those out. I, the first time I ever wore those glasses was at Captain EO. Oh, at there Disneyland. you go. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I never saw that, but uh, that was uh, that was Michael Jackson, right? 
It was. Yeah, so that the, the, the new 3D obviously is uh, has has come a long way. But um, anyway, Eric, tell us why you're wearing 3D glasses. Ah, because I just li- I look so good in them. I mean, check it out. <laughs> that's you know, that's it is pretty reason. smooth. No, it today is. we announced the gimmick. This is our new cigar that's going to be coming out October 2nd. On Friday, October 2nd, with Lost and Found, Robert Caldwell and the boys. And uh, it's fun. It's, uh, it, you, if you look at this right here, the, the stuff jumps out at you. And it, like, look at that. wants to poke you in, in the eyeball, which is super cool. And, but, you know, there's no gimmick to the cigar, boys. It's a tasty cigar. So uh, and most people know by now that I'm not a huge fan of gimmicky cigars. So I was like, you know what? Let's just smack gimmicky cigars right in the face and just just go straight at it, you know, straight gimmick all the way, one hundred percent. So that's what we did. We had we had fun making this. Every pack gets a a pair of three D glasses, and you can, uh, you know, check out the package and the cigars with the three D glasses. But uh, don't worry about that because the cigar itself is great. Only seventy five bucks for a bundle. Atlantic cigars is going to be a blast. That's limited, yeah. What's that limited to? Five hundred bundles. So. Oh. Yep. Oh, oh, oh! That's not a lot, and that goes October second. So October we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that. I got a headache. Uh, yeah, you can take them off. They're they're not very comfortable to 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 uh, to look at. And actually, if you will watch a three D movie and take your three D glasses off, oh, it's a terrible experience. <laughs> <clears throat> and having to watch now three D with glasses on, and you put the glasses on over the glasses, it's not really the best experience. I should just get, <laughs> I should get contacts. I really should. But uh, anyway. So we've got we kind of split uh, right down the middle. We got yeah. thumbs up and thumbs down, but we all agreed that the cigar is phenomenal. The, the, I'm glad that we did this particular cigar because I haven't smoked it in a while, um, and to go back and revisit it is uh, just reminds me how much I really like this thing. I need to get I need to get some more of those Lanceros, but uh, this uh, Lonsdale size is very very tasty. Randy, next week, what are we doing next week? I will. Well, I'd like to make a special announcement. Oh my. Um, <clears throat> Uh, are you quitting? Uh, He's I will, I will be um, re- receiving a package tomorrow from a, a, a reptile breeder. <laughs> I have my very first ball python arriving. I'm very excited about it. He is a, a clown ball python. He's uh, black and yellow. You'll all get a chance to meet him. He's beautiful, and I was so excited because. Um, uh, there was immediately a a tobacco uh, kind of draw as I was looking how to like outfit his terrarium properly. I wanted him to, to feel comfortable, and uh, so I looked up the uh, the natural habitat of a ball python, and they come from Central Africa. And there's no way I could even see the word Central Africa and not think about Cameroon tobacco, and so. Uh, leading me on, on a little like mental chase down to you know some of the cigars that I've enjoyed so much with Cameroon wrapper. The very first cigar that made me really love Cameroon tobacco was none other than the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos, and so my new snake will be named Don Carlos. Ooh. And you've got to say it like that. It's, it's Don Carlos. Um, Can't say so, Don Carlos. <laughs> no, no, that's not his name. Uh, it's, it's Don Carlos. And uh, so super excited about that. Wanted to share that with everyone out there in Dojo. Look for, uh, look for uh, uh, a lot of content on Don Carlos in the, uh, in the Dojo Pets group on Dojoverse. 
Check out dojoverse.com if you haven't come to the light already and found the greatest social platform on the face of the planet. Um, uh, I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, to having him be a, a major figure uh, in the community. So, <laughs> so, so, so not only uh, and my response to this, Randy shares this in our. We have a text thread going, I'm pulling back the curtain here. Uh, we have a text thread going with the four of us and. It was, I don't know, it was like a Tuesday night. I don't know what day it was. And it was late, and Randy sends this picture of a snake. And I look at it like, what the hell are you sending pictures of a snake? <laughs> like, what is this? And nobody said anything for like 12 hours. <laughs> and then Eric finally says, so is this yours? Like, what's, what are we looking at here? And, uh, and Randy's like, oh, yeah, this is my, it's my new snake, blah, blah, blah. And, I'm, and the first thing I said was like, well, two things. One, I think it's, it's abundantly important. Uh, I think it's, that's great. Congratulations. But it's very important that when we get back to regular times and I can come back to lot B, that I never encounter this beast ever. <laughs> because I, I just don't like snakes. And, and now you're telling me that it's a clown python. Mm. So you took two things that I'm terrified of and you put them <laughs> into one package. It's, uh, I, I don't like clowns. I don't like snakes. So if, if I could never meet Don Carlos, that nice. would be, thank you, that I would be fantastic. That. Well, I, I think I think he's gonna turn you. You know, he's he's only gonna be five weeks old when he arrives tomorrow. So so he's he's a little you know imprint on the, like the first person they see kind of thing. If that's the case, I need to see him first. That way he won't eat me. <laughs> they, he strangled. Can, he, they're strangled. He, yeah, they, he's a strangler. He's a constrictor uh, by, by definition. I think we're gonna warm you. I don't know how you could be so fascinated with gore and horror the way you are and not be positively it's on the screen baby it's on mike, the screen mike that is a great great idea yeah, mike, if mike, anyways then I, then, I, then i might come over maybe maybe i'll pet him a little bit and we'll see what happens but ooh, come over and pet your snake e oh, uh, hey, oh hey. Hey. it's a family show here that's the that's the first one there's gonna be money um no that's cool uh does robbie even <laughs> he, he used to uh now he he will he does he he, he does speak he in the third person though he knows where it is. I'll, I'll talk to him about it. I'll get him I'll get to, uh, to, to verse a bit more, if you will. Uh, but no, it, the dojo verse is great. I just, I've been, uh, I have not had uh, an opportunity. I did, can you tell I didn't turn the lights on in this You're video? just in pitch black. Now. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like how you went from like, I'm being pulled over by a police officer and his mag lights in my face. I'm a disembodied to... <laughs> Just a disembodied head at this point. I completely forgot to turn the light on, but because uh, there was so much sun in my face. Um, anyway, uh, Randy, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy for you. I want nothing to do with it. Um, but, uh, welcome, uh, to, uh, well, we will welcome Don Carlos to the family with open arms. Don from a very safe Carlos. <laughs> nice. Is that how you say it? Jordan, Jordan just always has to make it weird. It doesn't matter what, what it, it is. Right? But you see what he did there, the, yeah, I'm turning into a snake kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hey, picked up guys, uh, Friday, Friday night, Friday night. Before we sign off here, I'm really looking forward to Smoke Night Live Friday night. It's going to be awesome. We have the guys, the Bourbon Junkie guys on, and I've been wanting to get oh. these guys on the show. They're they have a great uh, podcast on YouTube. It's called Bourbon Junkies. They have a good uh, community on Facebook. It's funny. It's informative. We got a bunch of top threes for you guys. Top three uh, best inexpensive bourbons. Top three uh, bourbons of any 
uh, price in any availability. Top three overrated bourbons, like a bunch of stuff like that. It's going to be a blast. We're going to totally geek out on bourbon with the uh, bourbon junkies on Friday night. This is going to be, I'm this this to me. This is like an ultimate show because I'm a bourbon guy. So we we're also going to you know what I'm going to get Jordan's entire bourbon collection out here. And I'm going to let the bourbon junkies rate it and tell them how bad it is or how good it is. So it's going to be a blast. It's not that great. Critique his, critique his collection. I, I guarantee, I, I want to make a bet. Can I make yes. a bet? Yes. I, I haven't seen any of these lists. This is the first I've heard of the list. I guarantee that Blanton's will be on one of those lists. Hmm. We'll see. And I also think it'll be on the most overrated list. I knew that's where you're, you're hedging. <laughs> I, I, if I can, I don't know if you've already decided all these lists, Eric. I'd be super interested in the three top three hidden gems. That's one of them. Okay, good, because I That's really funny. like that you've done a good job. You've turned me on to uh, some really quality bourbons that uh, are very affordable prices. I think uh, you know Rob, Rob brought up the old Forester to, today as as a, a economic option. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good show. That'll be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Randy, what do we got? Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> what, do we, <laughs> what do we have next week, Randy? I have an extra set of lights. I can I can just give. No, to I, you. I I have I have lights in here. I just didn't put them on. It's one of those rolling blackouts. Anna! I yeah, I can't get up to leave to to uh, turn them back on. So, whatever Rob, it is, it is. I Rob, just have a spotlight on my face. Rob, Rob, what are we pairing next week? Next week, I think we're going, Randy, with the uh, the original my father. That's if, correct. If memory serves, and we've gone back and forth on the pairing. So I'm going to let you say what it is. You're such a jerk. Well, we talked um. for, for those out there in Dojo land. Randy said, so is the Cigar City Maduro off the table? I said, yes, we <laughs> ever, ever have Cigar City Maduro. It's a great beer and it pairs with damn near any cigar that you want to smoke. So by all means, pair away. But we it can't do it anymore. It with a Padron uh, 1926 number two Maduro. That's, 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 so, you're not wrong. But it's been on 10% of our shows, so we cannot, <laughs> we cannot do it again. I know we talked about doing a triple, but I don't think we were really into that idea. Uh, where did we land? I know the following episode is La Mandarilla from Casa Cuevas, and we are going with a straight rum pairing, an aged rum pairing. Correct. Ooh, but, and, I, and I get to crack into – you guys, you won't believe – for my birthday, Rob brought me such, such a fancy bottle of rum. I'm so excited to get into it. It, it is called um, the the Zapotecas. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is. It, I, I, I took a while to deliver it to you. So for every week that passed, I kind of upgraded the gift. Um, so, it, I mean, it started out as like a rock. Right? <laughs> It, like, a lump it, it, of coal. <laughs> it was a pet rock, and then it, it kind of it graduated. Uh, by the time uh, I, I got to your to your house, it turned into a bottle of uh, Ronza Capa XO, which I've actually never had. So uh, I'm very excited for you to try that. And yeah, have that on the show. Do not mix it with anything. Yeah. You can put ice in it, though. That's okay. I appreciate that. I, I guess we it, don't really we don't have we're not finalized on next week's pairing. This is kind I, of I'm, I'm sure we are, but but tune in on Dojo's Facebook page to find out on Monday when Randy Griggs will be doing the live he won't. Uh, and, he won't. Uh, and announcing exactly what that pairing is going to be. We're very excited about it. Uh, obviously, my father brand and uh, it's been a long and, stout. 
I don't recall. Um, uh, but I will well, tell you, I, I happen to know for a fact that the guy that invented the pet rock made a million dollars. So <laughs> made a million dollars. Don't jump to any conclusions there, Randy. Hey, <laughs> uh, what is happening with my life? With on, on that note, let's wrap it up. But uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. The cigar we're smoking is the original. Uh, my father, fantastic, fantastic expression of uh, Habano, in my opinion, uh, right alongside the Herrera Esli. Very good cigar. Uh, that will be the cigar we're smoking. We'll settle on the pairing in the coming days. Randy will not be doing the live on Monday. It will be me. And we'll go from there. I'll let you guys know on Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate everybody listening on podcasts, everybody who tunes in live. Uh, this episode was a little clunky and it was all my fault. So I apologize. Thanks for hanging in with us. I hope you enjoyed it. And we were able to break up the monotony of, uh, political posts on your Facebook page. We will see you all next Wednesday. Everybody be safe, be healthy, be kind to each other. We'll catch you next Wednesday as the Odyssey continues.